Welcome back to my podcast. I'm Enid Katambi, a certified finance and investment analyst and a financial educator. I want to talk about stress testing your finances in today's episode. This is when you look at your finances through the worst case scenario to see how you would fare. I decided to take the test this weekend because the past few months have been crazy. My finances are vulnerable at the moment, especially if there was an emergency. But the test gave me a better rough idea. Now I know my emergency fund needs work and how much I need to meet my target. I also need to work more on my investment since I had to liquidate some accounts. My expenses are still okay. On the income side, I'm working to streamline my income sources before the end of the year and focusing on few areas, especially on an income. So what is stress testing finances? Stress testing finances is not a new practice. In fact, after the global financial crisis of 2008, stress testing became standard practice for financial institutions. The practice tests the firm's vulnerability in case of a market crisis or another recession. If institutions can do this, so should you. The question is, would you pass the personal finance stress test? On an individual level, the stress testing shows you how you would fare financially during a bad period in your life. You can always take this test at any time, but it is important to do it at least once or twice a year or in case of a job loss or a sudden considerable expense. So this is how you can stress test your finances. The first step is doing an in-depth analysis of your financial position. During this step, you get to determine how stable you are financially. You don't need to have millions in your account, but would you afford to meet your expenses during a crisis? An in-depth analysis of your finances involves examining your monthly expenses, your income sources, assets, and other liabilities like insurance, payments, and loans. Having a budget will make it easy to simulate your monthly expenses. If you don't have one, it's time to take your credit cards, your bank statements, your MPESA statements, make a spreadsheet, and try tracking any payments that you've made in the last six months or so. This will give you a fair outlook of your monthly expenses like rent payments, grocery shopping, transport, debt payments, and other minor expenses. Second step is coming up with simulation questions. In this step, you need to make a list of questions that impact your finances. Here is a list of questions that you can ask. Number one, what contribution do the sources of income have to your overall income portfolio? Number two, what percentage does each expense have to the total expenditure? Number three, what's the effect of your income portfolio if you lose one or more income sources? Number four, if your expenses increase, what's the overall impact in your finances? Number five, how liquid are your finances in case of an emergency? Number six, do you have the right insurance policies? Number seven, are you up to date with your debts? And finally, number eight, what's your asset allocation and is it in line with your investment goals and strategy? As you can see, all these questions touch on every aspect of personal finance planning. That's budgeting, uh, your earning capacity, your expenses, uh, your risk management, and your investments. Step number three is answering these questions. What should you be looking for when you're answering these questions? Number one, Adequate liquidity levels of your finances to meet urgent cash needs. That means your emergency funds needs to be in a very liquid account such that you can access it immediately. Number two, recurring sources of income to manage expenses. Remember that you need to have at least three sources of income. The more income sources you have, the more diversified your revenue streams are and it gives you better security in case one of those sources is affected. Number three, robust debt management to avoid attracting late payment fees, penalties and going into a debt cycle. Number four, obtaining a goal-based investment. Number five, 
proper asset allocation for your portfolios. Remember that your investments need to be diversified such that if one asset is not performing, the other one is boosting your portfolio and you're not losing everything all at once. And finally, number six, insurance covers that help protect you against certain scenarios like a home insurance policy. It helps you protect your household contents. A health insurance cover is also necessary. And if you have beneficiaries, you need to have a life insurance policy. The fourth and last step is examining your worst case scenario. Determining the worst case scenario after obtaining solutions for your simulation questions will provide you with a framework on which you can base your decisions. Therefore, look at this case with the worst possible situations. This could include inflated monthly expenditure and a reduction or total loss of your sources of income. Now, imagine if you lost your job, became ill, or something affected your way of earning. How would you fare? These are some of the worst possible situations that you need to be looking at. Will your savings account be enough to cater to some of these expenses, especially your emergency fund? If you deplete your emergency fund, what happens? Do you have another savings account that you can use? Do you even have investment assets that you can liquidate if it comes to that point? If you have savings account that you can rely on, you need to know how long this can last you. If your savings are not enough to cushion you during these bad times, now you have a better picture of how much you need to bridge that gap. You can now create other savings and investments accounts that help you plan for these events. This worst case scenario can also help you determine if your income is enough. If it's not enough, what will you do to make your situation better? You can start by asking for a pay rise or better benefits. If you cannot get a pay rise or better benefits, perhaps it's time that you started looking for another job. Alternatively, you can start a side hustle with the hope of building it into a full-time business. Now that you've looked at your personal finance situation through the worst case scenario, it's time to get back to the drawing board based on your results. You can gain control of your financial setbacks by number one, budgeting and keeping track of your expenses. And you must do this consistently. Number two, obtaining an emergency fund that is interest bearing. Save at least six months of your living expenses in this account. Number three, reducing your expenditure, like discretionary expenses such as entertainment and anything that is not a necessity. Number four, automating your savings and investments to avoid overspending. Number five, diversifying your investments with assets that have negative correlations. These are assets whose prices move in different directions, like bonds and shares. Finally, managing your debts, like paying high interest debt faster with extra money after budgeting. Alternatively, you can negotiate for better repayment terms with your current lender to avoid suffocating your finances. The bottom line is, getting a hold of your finances and performing a stress test should be regular. The goal is to determine whether you will pass a stress test during sudden trying situations. You can do this annually, semi-annually, quarterly, or any time there is a significant change in your life. If you do not feel confident about your current financial position after the test, take proactive actions towards managing your finances for the better. This could range from replenishing your emergency fund, adding another source of income, reducing a particular expense category, and budgeting consistently. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode as we work towards financial independence. I hope you found it useful and you will join me for the next one. Until then, stay proactive with your finances.